Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. Lack of trust, lack of goals, lack of skill, lack of risk tolerance. In today's conversation, my guest will tell you that these are the four biggest problems that plague slow-moving marketing teams. He'll also tell you that the manufacturing organizations that overcome these four barriers to speed will blow the competition away. And in this episode, we'll be talking about how to do it. So let me introduce him. Julian Schaff started out as a junior strategist at Gorilla 76 in 2017 and led the strategy team as senior strategist when he left three years later. He's since run marketing at two B2B tech startups and is now returning to the industrial world with his advisory business, helping founders of Industry 4.0 startups build marketing programs. Julian is German, has three kiddos, and is the self-proclaimed funniest Gorilla 76 alum. Julian, welcome to the show. Thanks. That's one hell of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you kind of always had that reputation as the uh, office jokester, so I'm glad I'm glad you wanted to include that there. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to be making many jokes today, but uh, I hope the Gorilla team is listening because they always made uh, made fun of me for not being funny, actually. so <laughs> There you go. Well, we'll let the audience decide, right? You just got to believe in yourself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's been fun to watch your career progress. Had a lot of fun working alongside you for, yeah, about three years. And, and then, you know, you kind of moved into the, into the tech startup space and from the world of manufacturing to the world of software. And I, I think it's really cool how you are kind of putting those two things together now as, you know, I, I just watch all the companies. I've had a lot of people on this show too that, you know, are, technology startups in the manufacturing sector, whether it's vision inspection systems, some kind of AI, machine analytics, robotics companies, so much cool technology in manufacturing. And uh, I think it's a, a great place for someone like you who understands the manufacturing sector as well as software to kind of put those things together and and be advising those those businesses. So I hope something positive comes from having you on this show here right now. I'm excited to tap into your expertise and frankly, learn a little bit from you about the last couple of years and what you've gathered. So cool to be doing this. Yeah, same here. I'm excited. I think there's some takeaways for the more traditional manufacturing companies and what they can learn from software and tech companies. And you know, without ever having been to one, uh, I hope it can bring some you know, the audience, maybe not having been to one, I, I hope I can bring some of the stuff that I learned in the last few years to the manufacturing sector. Yeah, awesome. Well, I, we'll have you plug yourself again at the end, but I know you've, you're sort of just getting the advisory business off the ground. You've, get, you've got the experience and expertise, but sort of formalizing it now and tell us just the name name of the company and sort of give us the the brief overview of, of sort of what you're doing with this this new endeavor. Yeah, so the company is going to be called Industrial Growth. It's not really, I haven't incorporated yet, but I am, I'm going to. 
And yeah, I'm going to be basically doing a, a range of things, kind of like Gorilla. I want to help founders who are just building their marketing programs, or maybe they have one running, but it's not really working the way they were hoping it would work. And I can do anything from, I'll just make you a plan. I'll take a look at your situation. And based on, you know, my, I have a good good way of recognizing patterns at this point. And I can pretty quickly say, it looks like you should be doing this in this order. So I can do anything from that, just giving you a plan and you can go do it to being more of a fractional head of marketing and actually going and doing the work for you if you don't have the time. Yeah, that's great. I think I love the approach because you have the tactical ability to do things, but um, I've seen your your strategic sort of advisory chops in, in action and I think it's it's going to be really valuable to a lot of companies. So, congrats yes, for making the leap. That. Yeah, it's been been uh, you know, geez, over a decade and a half since I, I made my own leap, but um, it's a it's a pretty cool thing to do, and I'm sure there will be lots of ups and downs. But I'm excited for you. So, thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. Well, let's get into sort of the topic here. The thing that I've observed working in the manufacturing sector on the marketing front for you know 10 12 years or whatever it's been since we've really been dialed in on on manufacturing is that you know despite all the technological innovation happening in manufacturing marketing innovation in that space has really kind of remained behind the curve you've probably seen this you've seen the, the tech startup world and saas companies that are probably the ones that tend to be ahead of the curve a little bit or maybe setting the curve and then manufacturing tends to follow suit whether it's you know strategies or tactical things on the marketing front maybe a year a few years down the road from from that and you've you know with your unique experience working inside of tradition you know working i guess as as an agency employee serving traditional manufacturers during your time at gorilla but then also working inside the walls of some tech startups i'm curious to just hear from your perspective, what's different on the marketing front in each of these environments? Yeah. So I think I could break it. There are a lot of different things that are different, but if I had to break it down to just one thing that is the key difference between working with my clients at Gorilla and I don't know, it, it was something like 20 over the time from, you know, the, the strategy projects to the full engagements, it must've been something like 20. So I think there's a pattern um, versus the tech companies that I've seen and that I've worked at, the main difference is speed. And it sounds really simple, but when you start digging into it and you start looking at how manufacturing uh, marketing teams operate and how tech marketing teams operate, one of the key differences is just speed. And the fact that at tech startups, speed is something that is extremely valued and they just need speed in in terms of execution because they they're always they almost always have a clock ticking in terms of their their money running out they need to look at the next round of funding they need to hit growth goals that are often really aggressive so they often have no choice but to move really fast and in the manufacturing space it's very much the opposite there's not really a culture of speed at least in terms of marketing i think on the product and and product r&d side i think Things might look a little different, but on the marketing side, I think it's not really a concept that that marketing teams have embraced, and I think they should. But we can get into that next. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense, and I've I've kind of observed the same. Uh, I can validate that from having worked with you know some companies that are kind of in your target audience, industry 4.0 classification, I guess you 
you know, I've heard you say that industrial companies could blow their competitors out of the water simply by moving faster on the marketing front. What exactly does moving fast mean from your perspective? Yeah. And maybe to clarify right in the beginning, moving fast does not mean you you all have to be stressed at all times and that you're just hating your job. Moving fast means that you're able to make decisions within days and not months, that you can rapidly experiment with new marketing channels and you can stop doing what's not working and you can scale what's working well and you can do that quickly. And what happens when you're able to do that? Again, it, it sounds kind of simple when I'm saying it, almost too simple, but if you're able to do that in any given year, you're going to learn, let's say, three to five times faster if we have to put a number on it than your competitors. Because most of manufacturers' competitors are moving slowly when it comes to marketing. So if you can figure out and build a system where you can move fast, you're going to build a huge competitive advantage. Your competitors aren't even going to realize what you're doing until it's too late. You might be a couple of years in and you're you're experimenting rapidly, you're learning rapidly, you're scaling the things that are working and you're throwing away the things that are not working for you. And by the time that your competitors realize what you've been working on and what you're doing, you're light years ahead. And sometimes it, it blows my mind that some uh, some execs in the manufacturing space aren't looking at this and seeing this huge opportunity when it comes to digital marketing because it's it's huge because a lot of talking directly to the audience like a lot of your competitors are are sleeping on this and if if you figure out how to move fast you're going to blow them out of the water and it's not an exaggeration it's a fact i agree with you um it's it's a struggle that that i've certainly seen and i know you saw when you were working at gorilla as well what are some of the signals julian that you look for that you know would indicate a company's probably moving too slowly with their marketing implementation there, I wrote down three things that might be a good sign, and it might be as simple as just common sense. If you're looking at your marketing team and you're asking yourself, why is this taking so long? That might be one, one sign. Maybe it is just taking really long, and you need to get to the bottom of that. There's maybe two other things in terms of decision-making. Um, it's taking your team more than a week to approve a new idea, unless it's something really big and that requires a lot of budget. It really shouldn't take more than one conversation, and sometimes not a conversation at all, to just go and test something new. The third thing is going from, okay, you've decided to do something, um, you have a new idea, and you said, yes, we're going to do that. How long does it take you to actually go and start doing that? Like, How do you go from, we're going to do that, to we're now actually doing it? If it's taking you more than, than a week, or if it's more complex, maybe a month, to go from, we're going to do it, to we're doing it, you're probably moving too slow. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to like rush it and and constantly pressure everyone. But I think we can talk in next section. I, I wrote down like why I think this is happening. It doesn't mean that you have to constantly grind everyone and create this stressful environment. Quite the opposite, actually. What do you think are some of the problems, Julian, that lead to slow moving marketing teams? Like, why does this happen? For this episode specifically, I, I really tried to dig deep and uh, figure out why this might be happening and try to recognize some patterns that I've seen with clients at Gorilla and then see how it might be different at the startups that I've worked at. And I wrote down four things. They're lack of trust, lack of goals, lack of skill, and lack of risk tolerance. And I don't think it's all four for everyone, but it's there's probably one or two that are the main culprits for, for people. And as an exec, I would probably examine those and 
take a good hard look and, and see what might be the issue for you and where you can gain the most speed by by eliminating that problem. But maybe we can start from the top, just uh, lack of trust. That makes sense. Yeah, let's go there. Let's talk about lack of trust and why that sort of contributes to slow moving marketing efforts. Lack of trust basically means that your marketing leaders aren't allowed to make decisions on their own or spend money without having to ask. And leadership in in any in any team has limited resources, so they can't review everything that marketing asks for, and they can't constantly be making decisions with marketing in a speedy manner. So if marketing is always asking for, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And it just takes weeks to get into the next leadership meeting or have a discussion with your leader, which is often the case, then you just you just create this unnecessary waiting time. And your marketing team is, I don't want to say they're stuck waiting, but they kind of are. And they could be going ahead and doing this thing, but they can't because they have to ask for permission. So I think the question I would ask to the leadership team of a, any traditional company is like, why, if you can't trust your marketing leader to make decisions on their own, is it a you problem? Like, do you have, maybe do you struggle with letting go of control is something that I definitely struggle with and like figure out why that might be. Maybe it's a you problem that you need to work on and have a conversation with your marketing team, maybe. Or is it a them problem? Is it that they are not experienced enough to make good decisions and that would have you know other consequences? Maybe you need a different marketing leader. Maybe you need to bring in someone who has that capability but uh, yeah, that's that's where I would start. Probably figure out the the work on the trust. You need to create an environment where your marketing leaders can create can make decisions without your input, and you know they're going to be good ones. What's the next problem that you believe leads to slow moving marketing teams? Yeah, the next one is directly related. It's lack of goals, and uh, I think this is directly related to trust because. If you don't have a, a clear set of goals with your marketing team, and if you don't have a, a shared vision of where are we actually going, then yeah, it's going to be really hard to trust them to actually go and do that thing. If you're thinking, I want X, and your marketing team either doesn't know that, or they think you want Y, then yeah, it's it's hard to have the trust and know that, oh, my marketing team, they know exactly where we're trying to go. So I don't need to control them. I don't need to be in this next marketing meeting. I don't need to ask for permission because they know exactly where where they need to go. So I think lack of goals is the second thing that really slows people down. And it's also kind of shocking how many marketing teams don't have goals. They're just kind of there and they're going about their day-to-day. But the goal conversation is not had. Maybe because the marketing team doesn't know to have it or the leadership team doesn't see marketing as a department that needs goals. Uh, Maybe they're more of a support function, but they need goals. And you need to be talking about things like, what's our target revenue this year? What is marketing going to contribute to that? What's the company's strategy for getting to that number? Because that's not just on marketing to figure out. Like, is it, are you expecting to grow in a specific segment? Are you introducing a new product? Are you hoping to grow with a, a new service that you're offering? Are you expanding into a new geography? Like that's marketing can't figure that out alone. So you need to talk to them as as a leader. It's your job to help put together that strategy and let marketing help shape it. But yeah, most clients that we started with at Gorilla didn't weren't in that place, which. And what happens is it just makes your marketing really 
slow and inefficient. So there are two great tools to help you set better goals that I would recommend that have really helped me. The first one is a book called A Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Pommelt. Rummelt? I'm not sure. But uh, it's called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. I, I really think it's, if you want to read anything on marketing strategy, I would read that book. And then the other one is just using OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. It's a very, very popular system of goal setting in a company uh, in the software and tech world. But in the manufacturing world, I haven't seen it used too much. And uh, it's very easy. And it's really easy to create alignment around what you want the company to accomplish. And then, you know, the company goals kind of trickle down into the department goals and makes it easy to understand how marketing is supposed to contribute. There's a, you know, kind of just a systemic, I think, issue that's directly tied to to what you just talked about. And that's just this lack of alignment between leadership, sales, and marketing, where you know you see marketing just really operating in its own silo. And I still see this happening a lot where you know marketing's looked at as the team that makes the trade show materials and you know works on SEO even though but nobody really understands you know like what that's all about or how it relates to business strategy or they're you know just producing content as the side thing that you do because you need to do it. But really, it needs to start with leadership and and for that person to say, hey, marketing is going to be a key function of business development here. There's going to be accountabilities. Sales and marketing need to be working towards the same objectives. They have different responsibilities working towards that objective, but um, they need to be, you know, sort of working in step with each other so that we get there. So I, I definitely agree with you on this sort of. Who do, who do you think should own that, Joe? Like, who do you think is responsible for for setting the goals? I think it needs to start with the leader of the company, the CEO, president. I mean, it depends on the size of the organization. If you're talking about some multi-billion dollar enterprise global organization or you know, a lot of the, the companies we work with and, and you know, those that you will likely be working with, Julian, are, you know, smaller, mid-sized B2B manufacturers that are, when you're a $10, 20000000 million company, even $50 million company or smaller, I think you're you know your president ceo needs to be in that discussion with the marketing leader with the sales leader and be making it very clear where the company's headed what the revenue targets are you know where what key markets we're going to be focused on on growing or what products are going to be kind of you know at the forefront of strategy over the next year or two and and then then i think it's the the marketer's job in this case to say Okay, well, if this is where the company's trying to go at a business level, then this should be marketing's job, and this is what we need to do to contribute to that. And probably from there, you figure out what's what's a reasonable, you know, what are those those numbers that we can put in place that are actually attainable? Because the other thing you see is when a leader of an organization doesn't really understand marketing. In a lot of cases, they're still the ones saying marketing is responsible for this much revenue, and marketing says there's no way. Like the, on that timeline, like the, it's so it's it's got to be a collaborative conversation, and you know your marketer, whoever's leading marketing for your organization, needs to understand enough about 
what the timeline is going to look like based on audience size and sales cycle and market penetration and competition. There's so many factors that go into that. So it's it just needs to be a collaborative d- decision, but it needs to start with the leader saying, this is where the business is going. Now, marketing, we need you to help us figure out what you can contribute to that on what timeline, et cetera. That's my opinion. I agree. I think the relationship, the power dynamic is so interesting sometimes because it often feels like it's just, it's more, it feels more like an order and less like a conversation. And I think a lot of companies would benefit if they had more like an eye to eye conversation. And as a leader, you set the goals and you say, what you you say something like, what do you need for me to hit that goal? Yes. And as a marketer, my heart would just explode with (laughs) happiness. I would cry happy tears if somebody asked me that question as a marketing leader, like, hey, Julian, these are our goals. What do you need for me to hit that? I think that's a great question to ask. And then you can have an eye-to-eye conversation. Maybe your marketing person might say, this is crazy. We're not going to hit that unless X, Y, Z, which is a really good conversation because if you don't have it, then you just have it. You'll have it at some point. Maybe a year later. <laughs> yeah. And after you've thrown a whole bunch of resources at at something and set expectations that were never going to be met. So I agree with you. I think and a mistake I see some companies make is and they hire they say, all right, well, we need a marketing person and and all they hire is a, you know, a no offense to, you know, 22, 23 year old rookies that are out of college and really good at social media and and have dabbled in some SEO or something in an internship, but like that's not who should be leading your marketing. Those people are, are should be there to support it. I was, you know, we were both there one time, right? And and for sure, <laughs> I was that person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were that person, frankly, when you started at Gorilla, right? But you, yeah. but you need inside your organization, whether it's an internal CMO or marketing director, like, or it's you know, you you go outside and you hire an agency or an advisor or something. You need somebody who has the experience, who has failed and succeeded, who understands how to get to your audience, who understands what sort of timeline is required and what sort of strategy and action plan are actually going to make sense um, to help you formulate that and figure out where that's going to fit into your business development strategy, how that's going to contribute in the short term, but also over the long term. And I think, yeah, that the CEO who says, you tell me, you're I'm hiring you to advise us on how to get where we're trying to go through the lens of marketing that is the ideal scenario and my heart also explodes with with joy when in in the, the occasions where you know that's the conversation that's being had <laughs> yeah it's the best conversation and when you're there and you've set the goals and you know where you're to, where you're going everyone can move fast cuz then yeah. you don't you don't keep circling back and and keep clarifying things and wait what are we doing again why are we doing this why is marketing doing this well everyone knows now you set goals uh, maybe in a 3 month cycle and you can just go and execute for three months and then reconvene and say, all right, here's what we did. Uh, this didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this worked really well. And mm-hmm. you know, you're not having discussions in between all the time. You're just executing and you're able to move fast because everyone knows what they're doing. Leadership knows this is what marketing is doing. We don't need to have more conversations about what anyone has to do. You can just go execute and move fast. 100%. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Brendan, take it away. So I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Brendan Forrest. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. 
Right now, we have a group of 50 plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations that meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic, and one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to do a better manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value, no cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. And on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. Well, that was a really nice long discussion around the second of sort of four problems that we were talking about that lead to slow moving marketing teams. The first one was lack of trust in your marketer. The second one was not having goals in place for marketing. So tell us what's number three or four. Number three is really obvious one. It's just lack of skill. But like you said, you can't expect to hire the 22-year-old and expect to move fast. That just doesn't work. I think sometimes people, uh, hiring managers or leadership has the expectation of like, yeah, they'll, they'll just grow into it. And that works if you have someone who can guide them into it and help them grow into it. But you, you need to have experience. You need to have skill. Like if you, if you asked me to change a tire right now, it would take me like, it would take me three hours. <laughs> yeah, but if you ask a mechanic, they will do it in five minutes because they've done it a thousand times. And that's it's the same thing in marketing. Like you just need at least one person who knows what they're doing that has hands-on experience doing the things that you need to do. And if you're not hiring the right people, or if you haven't hired the right people, then you just can't move fast. It's not possible. You're spending a lot of time managing and explaining to people how to do something. It's super inefficient. There's a lot of learning time. And over time, you might become faster. But if you want to move fast, you need to have a good ratio of people who who know what they're doing and people who are still figuring it out. Yeah, I agree 100%. I've got nothing nothing to to add to that. I think that was well said. Yeah, let's let's go to number four. (laughs) Number four is... What's the problem that leads to slow-moving marketing teams? What is it? It's a lack of risk tolerance. So you got to be able to take risks and be comfortable with risk. And this is especially true when you're just getting started with marketing. Sometimes you can get in your head a little. And a lot of the clients that came to us when I was working at Grill, I'm, pro- I'm sure it's still similar that people want some kind of assurance that this is this is really going to work like we're about to invest in marketing i need to know that this is going to work i need to have some kind of control or i need to know i just need to know it's going to work and needing to know when it will work and the honest answer is if marketing if marketers were honest with you they would just they would say i have no idea <laughs> that's what i would tell people i i don't because i try to find a good answer but oftentimes the honest answer is no idea mm-hmm. like most likely this is going to work because we've seen it work, but you're going to have to try it and treat it as R&D. And not every product that you develop as a manufacturer will take off. And likewise, in marketing, not everything you try will take off. Mm-hmm. But if your team feels like that they have to succeed or else they're in trouble or 
they're going to get to talking or it's just uncomfortable. They know success is kind of uh, the only way. It's a little bit in the culture of the of the team and leadership. If your team feels like they, it has to work or they're in trouble, like how can you expect them to try anything new? Mm-hmm. You're just going to be stuck trying the same old thing and hoping that doubling down on trade shows is going to really make a huge difference. And maybe it does, but at some point you probably maxed out trade shows and you got to try something new. But if your team, like there's no risk tolerance in your team and your team doesn't feel like it's okay to take risks, risks, then yeah. How, how can you expect them to try something new and how can you expect them to be, yeah, introducing new things to the team? And maybe you're, you're feeling like, Hey, my marketing team's always doing the same old stuff. Like, why are they not coming up with new stuff? Well, maybe how to look at, your culture and uh, the things that you're you're doing and the things that you're saying in team meetings and the the processes that you have set up maybe it's not really one that encourages risk taking and it doesn't mean that you know you got to do all these crazy things it just means that you got to create this little section of your marketing where it's okay to just try stuff out and if it doesn't work nobody's going to be upset as long as we're honest about it and say hey this is what we tried and it didn't work let's move on Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's such an important point you're on right now. This sort of nearsightedness that I think is is just running rampant in marketing these days, probably as a result of just the data that's available to us and people not really knowing how to make use of it. But a lot of it comes down to, to common sense. Like, you know, you, there's this expectation that you do something on the marketing front and you're going to see... A, a revenue result from it immediately or else you're doing the wrong thing. But you, know, you think about all the great brands out there, like just think about consumer brands, for example, and you know, the, the names we all know from John Deere to Ford to Coca-Cola to, to whatever, you know, and, and the way that over, you know, frankly, a century plus, right. Like some of these brands have, have just sort of ingrained themselves in culture and in front of their specific audience, which is a wide audience in those cases, right? But you know, at a micro level, it's kind of it's what you need to be doing in the same way. Like if you are, you know, selling, manufacturing some type of CNC machine, or you're doing some kind of you know machine analytics software that's running on you know whatever type of machinery in a manufacturing facility. You know, one of your most important jobs is to build awareness for your your brand and in some cases your category. If what, especially in this industry 4.0 world, if what you're doing is something that's an alternative to the old analog way of doing something or automating something, um, you, you're you're helping people understand there's a better way to do what they're doing. First of all, you're introducing the fact that you are a company who does this and you're an expert in it. And here's what differentiates you from everybody else who looks the same on paper. Um, you're addressing common questions people have and objections. And all of this stuff is, this is marketing's job. It's to educate your market. And that kind of stuff, largely speaking, is not the thing that's going to produce a whole bunch of RFQs for you over the next three months. It's like, that is a long game to play. But it's so important to to build that brand awareness and trust and a so positive association with your brand name as the expert at doing X or Y or Z. And side by side with that, you know, there are going to be there's going to be marketing you're doing that is a little more direct response. You're trying to generate, you know, RFQs or, or consultation requests or site audits or whatever it is for you from 
people who are having a problem right now or have a need right now or are looking like that's going to be some percentage of your audience but i think the patience factor is is very closely tied to this risk tolerance thing too people are often just they don't have realistic expectations about how long it's going to take to see a result and they're not willing to look at the signals are people are we reaching the right volume of the right people in our audience are there are there signals that our message is resonating with them like is the message sticking or is it flying straight over their heads like there are, are important marketing KPIs we can look at around engagement and and reach that are going to tell us are we getting in front of the right people and are, are commu- we communicating what we need to and i think sometimes those things are thrown out as like vanity metrics well that's not revenue yeah but you know what it's it's the stuff we need to look at to make sure we're on the right path to revenue so i i think this sort of setting realistic expectations and that comes back to your points you made about having a skilled marketer, right? And having trust in them and having goals, like we need to have realistic goals about what we're trying to accomplish, both in terms of building brand awareness and and in terms of generating pipeline and, and resulting revenue. And, and if if the marketing leader is not willing to take risks, if they can't get goals in place for their marketing, if they're not trusting their marketer, if they don't have the right skills in place with that team, you know, none of that's going to play out the way they hope it's going to play out. So I, I think it's a I see all of the points you're making here tying together really nicely. Yeah. You'd be surprised what marketing teams would be able to accomplish if you create the environment I just described. Because I've been in many different environments and like my my current job was one environment that checked the boxes for all of these things. And it just make, makes such a difference knowing that you are trusted and that uh, you have clear goals and that you are able to take risks it just you you just operate completely different mm-hmm. from an environment where you're you know it's really unclear what you're supposed to be doing and you have to get approval for every decision and it feels like you're not really you really have a seat at the table and if something goes wrong you got to feel like you kind of have to confess almost oh this didn't work and now you have to defend yourself why it didn't work and what what's going to happen in the future and it's just completely different environments where one you can really help people excel and do really good work and also from a leadership perspective you can make the most with your money whereas you have a environment of control and and fear where your money isn't going as far because you're restricting it you're not giving people the i don't know the environment where they can do their best work and yeah in the end it it comes for me it often comes down to speed and creating that environment where where your marketing team can work quickly and it's it sounds overly simplified but if i were to do something and and look at something for the rest of this year i'd probably look at those things and as a leader figure out how can you create that environment for your marketing team okay so julian you essentially just took us through four problems that you see that kind of slow down marketing teams or you know stop them from being effective because of lack of speed. Let's look at the other side of the coin here sort of as we move towards wrapping this up and and tell us what what do manufacturing leaders need to do or what's in their power to avoid those four problems or to address them if they're already in place. Yeah, and I just want to reiterate that this is not like a a marketing hack. It's just it's it's the it's hard work to figure these things out and it's not the shiny object like a new technology or anything like that but it i guarantee that if you figure these things out you're going to start moving a lot faster 
and that you will actually gain a competitive advantage over your competitors. This is not, it's not a hack. It's nothing. uh, It's just doing the work that you need to be doing as a leader and creating that environment. So without further ado, let's recap. The first one is uh, you got to create an environment of trust. You got to look at at your team and see uh, how is decision-making working in your team right now. And if it's not working well, if it's working really slow and everyone's coming to you for to ask for permission, you got to ask yourself, how can you create an environment of trust? Do you need to work on yourself and your desire for control and try to work on that? Or do you need to work on your marketing team? Um, are they, for lack of a better, better word, not trustworthy? And do you need to work on that? Uh, number two is set clear goals. So I would read good strategy, bad strategy. That's a really good first step. And then I would read more about OKRs, objectives and key results, and try to implement that system. And you will see a difference in how people start operating when they know, that when they have very clear goals and everybody knows for the next three months, this is exactly what we need to do. And we're working in lockstep to get to this. So that's number two. Yeah, figure out your goals and set good goals. Three, get an experienced marketing team. This one might be the most challenging one, but uh, if you look at your marketing team, maybe if you're not sure, reach out to Joe or me and and ask like, hey, uh, is my marketing team experienced? Um, But you might get a feel for it in terms of how fast they're moving, but uh, make sure you have someone on your team who knows what they're doing. And it's a little bit hard to know if they know what they're, whether or not they do without having done it yourself. But most experienced marketers can look at another marketer and say, Yes, it looks like they know what they're doing based on the work I'm seeing. And if that's not the case, you need to get someone in there who knows what they're doing. And otherwise, you're just not going to move fast. And the fourth one is uh, you got to work on your risk tolerance. You got to create an environment where people want to take risks and they know it's okay to take risks. And that when something doesn't go well, that that's okay. They will not get their head chopped off unless they <laughs> unless they blew like, I don't know, 90% of their budget on it. But that shouldn't be the case. You need to create some kind of controlled environment where experiments are okay, failure is okay, and trying new stuff is really encouraged. And a lot of times that that one starts from the top for sure. So yeah, those are the four things. If you want to uh, build marketing like a startup, got to work on trust, goals, uh, skills, and risk tolerance. Love it. I'm going to go out on a limb and throw one more in there too that just kind of hit me. Please do. And I think it's getting over perfectionism. I think that it's something I see slow down companies so often. I often hear the term floating around our internal team of, you know, we're in a hurry up and wait situation where everything feels like an emergency. And then all of a sudden it's whoever needs to approve a piece of content or a, you know, a strategic marketing plan or a, you know, set of ads or whatever it is they'll sit on it and they'll wait and they'll tweak it and tweak it. And it's, it, you know, it's live or a website, a website's a good one, right? Like four yes. months back that's planned that, you know, nine months later, it's like finally going live. And the advice I have is just go like, get started, get it out there. You don't know exactly how a message is going to resonate with your audience until that audience starts consuming that message. And some of the best, one of the best things you can do is, let your audience respond to it and see how they respond to it and let that dictate how to then turn it into the perfect piece bit by bit. It's that minimum viable product approach that, you know, anybody in SaaS knows from a product development standpoint that 
I think really needs to be applied in marketing. You can't wait for it to be perfect. Like get it out there and just go. Yeah. Oftentimes you can just ask yourself, like, what's the worst that could happen? And usually it's like the worst that could happen is no one sees it and we just get rid of it and we do something else. And it's like, yeah, that's not so bad as opposed to the other side. Like we wait another four weeks. What's the worst that could happen there? Well, we keep waiting four weeks. All of a sudden it's next year and we've done nothing. Like that's way worse than someone not liking something that you do. I 100% agree. And there's a balance there, right? Proofread your stuff. Make sure yes. that you know, you, the guy's got the hard hat on in the photograph if he needs a hard yeah, don't hat. Don't go on, crazy. Right? But yeah, but perfection, we got to get over our perfectionism and, and yeah, just get it out there. For sure. Awesome. Well, Julian, this was a lot of fun. If we wanted to, we could probably do an eight-hour episode. So we'll have to bring you back around sometime and... I'd love to see you uh, find your way back into industrial marketing live too with our our marketing crew. You were this is, here's a little side note for anybody listening who may be familiar with industrial marketing live, which is the every other week live event. Cameras on. We're teaching industrial marketing strategy to people from inside of the manufacturing sector with marketing job titles. And I shouldn't even say teaching because we're bringing people up on stage, having conversations. There's a really active Slack community with, I think, 300 people in it or something like that at this point. And uh, it was Julian right here who probably about four years ago or whatever it was, came to me and my business partner, John, and said, hey, I've got an idea. I want to start a recurring sort of episodic webinar series. And we said, heck yeah, let's do it. Go. And uh, that was before Industrial Marketing Live had a name. That was the the foundation of it and the beginning of it. So thank you, because it's one of the best decisions we've made as a company. And it's probably the thing that keeps our internal team as you know the most engaged. And a lot of people are getting a ton of value out of it. So... Yeah, I mean, and if you look back at it, you and John just did exactly what we just talked about. You know, you trusted me to do. You were like, "Yeah, Julian's probably going to figure it out," and you know, maybe it wasn't going to, but you trusted me that I did. And you know, we we had we had a goal of what we we're trying to do, and you're like, you know, what what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't work, and there's not a lot of risk in trying this. Yeah, hundred percent. It's taken what? I mean, it's been years, and yeah. We, we you didn't expect to make money from this in the first year or really ever. We just said, hey, I think good things are going to come from teaching people about industrial marketing. And the, yeah, we just, you were patient. And now it's become this thing that we never thought it would be, this Slack community that's awesome. And yeah, so Absolutely. it's a perfect example of what we just talked about. Yeah, you're right. It actually is. So I'm glad I brought it up. <laughs> All right, Julian, we'll... Great conversation. Tell our audience how they can get in touch with you. Tell them about what's what's going on with your your new advisory business that you're starting up once more and uh, where they can learn more about that as well. Yeah, the best place to connect is just on LinkedIn, uh, Julian Schaff, S-C-H-A-A-F. Um, Americans struggle with that sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's two A's, one F. Uh, or you can go on industrialgrowth.co, no M, just C-O. Yeah. And if you want to chat, let's chat on LinkedIn. If you want to talk about strategy or really anything marketing, if you just want to network, I'm always happy to meet new people in the industrial space. So that would be awesome. Beautiful. Julian, thanks for doing this today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Joe. You bet. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. 
If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.